All right, we're back. This is Doug Fletcher. We're doing safety shorts. I'm here with Jim Steele and Mark McClure. Hey, we are covering a lot of information in a very short period of time. So if something that we've said, either during our HASCOM or lockout tagout discussion or this discussion on powered industrial trucks, if that spawns a question, um, get some get some more information, right? Go to the OSHA website, contact someone in your local OSHA office, call one of the guests. Their, their information is posted on my website. You can call Mark. You can call Jim. Um, just get more information. Uh, don't let it die on the vine. This is what the point of this is just to try to identify areas where we can improve on these programs. And so number three, we're going to talk about powered industrial trucks. Okay. Um, wow. You might explain what that is. Some people, what is it? Uh, I'm going to, we use the term powered industrial truck to cover a number of things. Forklifts primarily. I think most people associate forklifts with power industrial trucks. But it could be mechanized pallet pallet jacks. It could be any piece of mechanized equipment that we use to manipulate materials, basically. I mean, is that, I mean, there are a number of things that are excluded. And OSHA is pretty good about identifying what's excluded. But it does cover more than simply forklifts. It could be telehandlers. It could be JLG, you know, those... um, uh, well, are off-road ex- powered industrial yeah, trucks ex- covered? Extended, I think they are, if I'm not mistaken. Lifts, yeah, the yeah. extended, the telescopic boom type lifts and things. Right. So anything that you're using mechanized to handle materials primarily. Uh, OSHA cites this regularly. Again, it's one of the top 10 most frequently cited. I'm going to go through a quick summary of what they're citing most often. Just the safe <coughs> operation. And this could be anything from wearing a seatbelt to driving too fast to driving up towards someone and putting them in a in a precarious position to, you know, leaving the lift with the forks elevated, any number of things would fall under safe operation. Refresher training, operator certification, um, inspections and removal. I mean, if you do, we do an inspection and we identify some deficiency, are we removing the vehicle from service? And then just daily inspections in general. So uh, it's it's a, one of the more prescriptive standards. I mean, just the section on training alone is extensive, and they give you extensive requirements for the training. And so, uh, this is a very detailed. This is a very detailed regulation, and so uh, it, it warrants uh, some attention. But I'm going to throw powered industrial trucks out there. Tell me, I mean, obviously you have them in your facilities, mm-hmm. Marky. You've got them in the, all the facilities that you're visiting. Um, what's the problem with powered industrial trucks? Is it just we're putting grown children on these things and <laughs> turning them loose, or I mean, what is the biggest issue with powered industrial they're trucks? Fun to drive around. They perhaps, are fun. You know, they're they're uh, um, yeah, they, they I think their preferred job when you're working in manufacturing, people like being on those because it's cool breezes driving around, Absolutely. It's not heavy work, you know. Um, but uh, I think for the inspections, uh, it, it, it has to do with management commitment to that, you know, and, and and checking them routinely or having someone that's checking that and following up routinely. Right. I mean, the requirement is that we do some type of a daily inspection. I mean, the, the regulation says if you're doing multiple shifts at the end of every shift, I would right. assume it would be typically done at the start of the shift so or whatever did, that next shift would be. a thing that was kind of interesting. And if you have a warehouse, you probably have some kind of electronic data entry where you're scanning the products as you move. and. Mm-hmm. Ours won't allow the scanner to work until you've done the inspection. So the, each time you log in or a different person logs in, uh, they have to, they have to uh, as they log in, it forces them to do an inspection to start with. So we end up doing more than one inspection a day because if you use it and then I come log in later, then I'm going to have to get Every user inspection. would have to, who scanned in to operate the equipment, would have to go through that. It has to go through that before they can begin okay. scanning the product. Okay. Right? And so, so it forces them through that inspection process. 
And then with that on our system, it sends an email out. If there's a fail, then it sends an email and I get an email and I have a special folder I go through and usually, and the manager also gets one and they're usually always on top of it. I'll send them a note. Hey, did you see, hear about the horns not working? What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, with you know, that, so that takes it out of the hands of the operator. Right. To try and, and this is something that I've seen frequently. And I've, I, I ask, I, I love the system you're describing. I think this is an incredibly important thing because we typically um, require the operator to go through some pre-use inspection protocol. They're running through some checklist or something. They're pencil whipping it more often than not, whether they're actually doing anything. And then we're expecting them to make a determination do I take this lift out of service? Do I use the lift? I mean, are they are, have they been trained on what disqualifies, you know, the use of the lift? I mean, what are they doing? I mean, I think that's, I like the idea that that is programmed, that they just do the inspection, they do the input, and then the system, you, will tell them whether or not the lift can be used. Well, they, they would, it, it also has a notation that if, if this one fails, you can't use it. So if it's a brake, it's a horn, it's a safety light, something like that, uh, then they can't, they, it tells them and on their honor, they have to not use it. Okay. But I get the inspection sheet, so I would know, hey, this got taken out of service, right? Well, no, or whatever, and I'd go Okay, out but at least it gives them a... A, a clear right. decision. They don't have to make that decision. Right. It tells them they need to take it out of service, and okay. they know that their their boss is getting an email. Right. And they know that some of those I'm probably going to follow up on it. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know who the operator is. I like that feature, too, that you just can't jump on the lift and go run over and make a pick or something and then get off the lift and be anonymous. I mean, well, we know could, who the operator is. You wouldn't be able to move a product because you wouldn't be able to scan the product. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So okay. it, it's got a little bit of a loophole there, but the chances of that a lift getting used uh, uh, in any given day without at least three or four people having to go through the inspection process is zero. Mm-hmm. So, okay. it's, yeah, it's a pretty good fail-safe process. Good. It's much more fail-safe than a piece of paper that's sitting on the clipboard on the, oh, yeah. the seat. You know? I know. That's a tough so, one. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. What are you seeing, Mark? I mean... I think I'm going to go just a different way here. You guys talked about the inspections pretty good, but uh, I'll go back to the operator, the training and evaluation. We see a lot of times that everybody's got the written test, but they haven't actually done a hands-on evaluation. And, and I don't think the, the lifts, a, a, a powered industrial truck doesn't lend itself well for apprenticeship. You put a guy on it, and he drives down the aisle away from you. You watch him five minutes, and then until he runs over something, you're not paying attention to <laughs> right. it. Interesting. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So I would agree. And I think, I, I think the training, uh, there are multiple elements to the training. As I mentioned, you know, the 1910-178 subpart L, the training subparagraph is very detailed. There's a lot that has to be covered, and there has to be a formal training element, a practical element, and that observation evaluation element. So it's it's a pretty thorough evaluation. I'm not sure it's being accomplished necessarily all the time. Getting guys to wear seatbelts, you know, you're getting someone to put on a seatbelt. Just, you know, a lot of guys resist that, you know, I'm, and... In our plant, things are kind of slow as far as the fork trucks. So there's not a lot of room, so you don't really go full out and make hard turns. And there's no places to run over, to flip it over. They can find a place, I'm sure, that I'm not aware of. But <laughs> right. but, uh, but getting them to do little things like that, putting on the seatbelt to finish that inspection, but uh, th- that's really challenging. I'm only going from here to there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know that's about the moment that OSHA is going to come by. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's just a habit. I mean, right. obviously, we just want to instill good habits. So. Right. Even though you might only be on it for a moment, just a short distance or a one pick or something, 
just getting into the habit of putting, I mean, it's, it's not unlike what you we do with our children in the car, you yeah. know, I mean, we're not moving until we put the seatbelt on, right. I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's a tough one. Um, what, what are the real, I mean, what are the dangers of forklifts? I mean, uh, if you're running over, you know, if the work, the, the surfaces are poor or you're running over changes in elevation, different levels, ramps and things that gets a little precarious. And I've seen lots of forklifts go off the docks yeah, or in and, out of trucks. in and out of the trucks. That That is a big challenge. Right. Um, th- yeah, flipping them over, if you tip one of those things over, it's kind of counterintuitive that you want to stay with it. You know, the fork mm-hmm. truck starts to tip over, and you're going to want to jump free. And if you do, uh, that rollover protection is going to pin you down. Right. And it's almost a guarantee it's going to catch you. You know, it's a mousetrap is what it is. Right. And that thing's going to slam down on you. And so having the seatbelt worn... Uh, keeps you in the thing so that your the rollover protection will protect you rather than crush you to death. Mm-hmm. And so, and that, that's an important part of the training. And I'm not sure that you can train someone to do that in simulation, right? I mean, so <laughs> do you actually take them out and have them roll the trucks to get <laughs> yeah, some experience with that? I mean, ram it over. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, that's really difficult because I think your instincts kick in, yeah. so you need to be belted into that truck to keep you from jumping out. Because your instinct is going to be to jump free, and as you said, that rarely happens. Right. You usually jump right into that rollover protection and right. take a beating. The other one is going in the trucks and and chalking those wheels. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you forget about the inertia. I was doing an audit this morning, not an audit, but I was checking out my plant to make sure we were shut down. And I had uh, was was talking to someone about, you know, why you put those wheel chocks there. And in the inertia of a fork truck, if you think about it, you got 3,000 pounds going forward in a trailer and they stop really fast. And that truck is going to roll. What's in motion tends to stay in motion. Mm -hmm. We figured that out. Mm -hmm. What the. 13th century or something. <laughs> and and uh, so that truck pulls away and then the fork truck driver goes to back out and suddenly that loading dock's not there and he's right. falling. And that I think that's probably where most of accidents happen. The serious yeah. bad things happen. Right yeah, there. I'd agree. Also, you know, and you know this, the, the last 20 years, these trailers have gotten so much lighter and mm-hmm. they're basically two aluminum rails with fiberglass today. Uh, the use of the nose stand. In and out, or you know, mm-hmm. if you're not mm-hmm. hooked up to the truck anymore, those trailers really aren't meant to support a load unless the, they're supported themselves on that front end. That's a great point. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Exactly. I, I know that, um, again, here in Nebraska, the OSHA office looks at powered industrial trucks routinely. Um, keep, keep an eye on that program. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're running out of time again. I shouldn't have said 10 minutes. I don't know why I picked 10 minutes, obviously. That, that was a disaster. Okay, at least 15 minutes next time, guys. We just, you know, there's so much. To t- this is why we do one-hour-long episodes, for God's sakes. I mean, all of you people that have been bitching about the length of the episodes, <laughs> we do them because there's so much to talk about. And uh, and I don't want to cut anybody short. I don't want to, you know, risk missing something important. And so, but I do like the idea of just quick, you know, give everybody something to think think about maybe we will mention something that's you know that sparks something in there hey maybe we need to look at this more closely in our own programs or whatever so i think there's great value in that but we're going to wrap it up guys um and that was quick and dirty thank you very much a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. i appreciate your time as always uh fourth of july weekend coming up any any words of wisdom caution anything um, I've already cautioned Pat about blowing fingers off because he's got a lot of like levers and things and buttons over here on this control panel. I don't want him doing that with his elbow. So um, any anything you'd like to say going into the holidays or? 
just enjoy them. Don't catch your mask on fire. <laughs> that's right. Exactly right. <laughs> right, man. Yeah, that's actually that's a that's a very good point. And remember, hand sanitizer is flammable. Yeah, yes. all that's true. So yeah. as you're lighting off your fireworks and sanitizing your hands at the same time, I did learn this lesson. You don't want to put the hand sanitizer on your hand and then wipe your face while you have that mask on. <laughs> right, exactly. you go into an ether kind of a unconsciousness. Yeah. You know what I I have done on a couple of occasions. <laughs> that's right. That's how we used to drug people in the old days, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I have been like repeatedly, I go into the grocery store, I wear my masks, uh, you know, I go into the grocery store, they have a little bottle of hand sanitizer at the checkout counter. So I squirt my hand, because I've been in the store now for 30, 40 minutes, so I use a hand sanitizer, wipe my hands with hand sanitizer, the, ca- the, the uh, cash register person hands me my receipt, and then the ink just runs all over the receipt because that hand san- that alcohol just... <laughs> disintegrates that receipt. My wife is like, well, how much did you spend? I have no idea. You know, so that, that is another thing to well, caution. I'd like is, to caution people about. You can also like get rid of the beer that's on there, whatever. That's the true. That you maybe eliminate the, that bottle of whiskey I got, whatever. Yeah. Margie, anything? I, I just got to go back and ask this question. When were we drugging people? <laughs> was, was that a notion thing? Well, no, you know, okay. That might've been, yeah, that maybe it's part of the OSHA training. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We're going to do this again, hopefully. Um, have a safe have a safe holiday weekend, in all seriousness. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. I appreciate it. Keep, keep focused on the why, why we're doing this. Uh, it's critically important, and it's uh, definitely worth the effort. So we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. A Parkville Media Production.